Welcome to Wednesday at 9 p.m. Season 1, Episode 22. On tonight's episode, we discuss fairy-human hybrids witnessing the march of the Ents and shape-shifting gnomes. I'm Nick, and joining me are Aaron and Frank. Nick said this was one of his best hooks yet, and wow, that's that's good. That's some good stuff. I have some high right? expectations now. Yeah, going into this, I only knew about the, the fairies, not the fairy people hybrid or the ents or whatever the hell you said <laughs> yeah so we got some pretty interesting stories i might jump around with how i put them in or we'll go right in order it doesn't matter and as usual shout outs to maddie my girlfriend and my mother who we all have heard on the show now if you've listened to the halloween special you guys have any shout outs uh well, I have the shout out to Fallon, of course. Um, and there's actually, you have another shout out, Nick, to Troy. Oh, right. True. Thank you yeah. for doing that. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I have a shout out to the entire Bentley laboratory at RPI, who at a Christmas event uh, were subjugated to me explaining to them Wednesday 9 p.m. through Sarah. So if any of them are listening, they, we're they probably think I'm crazy. Yeah, uh, honestly, <laughs> we're sorry. We're sorry. Listen to Sarah's episode, and that's it. Um, just kidding, men of men and women of science. This is the real truth. You should be paying attention to. <laughs> Open your eyes. Wake up, you sheeple. Get out of the lab. Oh my God. Look to the skies. As anyway. we all sit in our very dark enclosed rooms. Yes. My room's kind of, alone. My room's pretty alone. Well, maybe it shouldn't be. That's my shout out. So shout out to all the lab folks. All wow, right. No David Hoy shout out. Crazy. Oh my God. How could I forget? I don't know whether I should. I'll probably. I'll, I'll edit it in so it looks like I didn't forget. And last but not least, shout out to Mega Fan, David Hoy. Waiting for you to tell your own story, maybe in the next year. Whenever you want, just let us know. Only in LinkedIn, please. Please only contact me through LinkedIn. Thank you. <laughs> does he, he have any other contact information? He does not have any other contact information that I'm aware of. Oh, good. Well, I so guess he I'll... could leave comments on the website. That's true. Wednesday9pm.com. Indeed, indeed. And or uh, guys... our email, which is Wednesday9pm at gmail.com. And if you guys want to dethrone David Hoy as the super fan, start commenting. Start asking us stuff. Be on an episode. All right, so let's get in to the content for tonight. So we're going to be looking at and talking about stories from something called the fairy census. And this is the first one, and we'll get into some background on it. So the person who kind of organized the fairy census is a Dr. Simon Young. He is a British folklore historian based in Italy. He has oh. a PhD and teaches history. And this might, I mean, this could be outdated, but he teaches history at the University of Virginia Siena campus. And he has written about other various like 19th century supernatural topics. Very cool. Like the fairy censuses. And there's, he also released a book. Or maybe not a book, but like a paper or something called The Boggart, 
in 2022. Now, Bogarts, what I think of is like the Harry Potter one where they do like ridiculous or whatever. And I have no idea what you're talking about. Watch the third movie of Harry Potter and you'll understand. Okay. But the fairy census itself is it is just an internet questionnaire. So, you know, think of just um, what is it? Google Forms. Kind of like that. And it's available to people who have seen fairies when they seen them. Maybe why they've seen them. So it's basically just a collection of stories from people relaying their experiences. And in this fairy census, this is the first one he did. All the submissions were from 2014 to 2017. So that's how long the census was open for people to submit their experiences. And it includes about 500 stories. Hey, Nick, can I stop you for a sec? Yeah. So when you said you were going to be talking about the fairy census, I thought you were going to talk about how some guy went around and took a census <laughs> of fairies. I mean, I this is like, kind wow. of like that. It's people's experiences with fairies. All right. I think Let's... I like that one better. <laughs> but maybe in, a, in another episode, recently, the second fairy census came out just like a few weeks ago. And that is is essentially the same thing but now people could have submitted between 2017 and 2023 and it again includes hundreds of stories i think about 500 too right so yeah thousand total stories yeah that's a lot and so before we get into the stories i just want to give some background on how the information is recorded by dr young so Normally, like when you're reading a story, he'll like put a case number. So like the very first story is number one and then two, so on and so forth. And he'll put the country there and sometimes like the region. So like it might be like United States is the country and then North Carolina is the region. He doesn't get more detailed like that for the states. But anyway, he categorizes the data from the stories in other ways, too. You submit your gender. And he only does male and female. There's no like non-binary option or other options, just male and female. You put the decade that the experience took place, and he lists anywhere from prior to 1920 all the way to the 2010s going by decades. You list your age by decade, starting from 0 to 10, 11 to 20, so on and so forth, all the way up to 91 and above. You put your location where it happened, if you had any company with you, or if you were alone or not. Also, as a note, dogs and like pets weren't included as company. So if someone <laughs> said, oh, it was me and my dog, and my dog experienced it too, that didn't count as like you experienced something yeah. with another person. It, it was basically alone, like was the category. You had to put the time of day, which was in sets of or chunks of three hours. So like midnight to three, three to six, so on and so forth. The duration of the experience, the mood of the fairy, like the assumed mood. And some of of the uh, options he gives are friendly, angry, joyful, erotic. I'm sorry, what? Interesting. (laughs) Other, obviously. And then you just, and then if it was other, you like filled it in. Um, the, this was an important one that I 
noted in the stories is the frequency that the experiencer has had supernatural experiences. So maybe they had a this fairy experience, but they never or almost never have supernatural experiences, or maybe it's occasional or regular. Yeah, also asked about the state of the experiencer, like if you were taking alcohol, medicine, drugs, just waking up, just go, just about to fall asleep, things like that. And then also any special like phenomena that happened during the experience. Maybe you had missing time. You had a really vivid memory of the experience, a sudden warmth or a sudden chill before the experience or the Oz effect, which for those of you who don't know, is when typically when you're kind of out in nature and something supernatural is about to happen or is happening, there will be no typical nature sounds like there will be no birds, no uh, bugs, and you won't you just won't hear anything. And then aside from all of that information that's kind of gathered in a, the typical survey format, Dr. Young also asks other questions to the submitters or the experiencers saying like, describe your experience in as much detail as possible. If you heard music, how would you describe the music or sounds? Do you know if the place had a reputation for fairies? Did you know that prior? And many other questions. It's it's a very detailed survey that we can actually put in the show notes if you want, not the actual survey, but like the screenshots of it, because that's listed in the appendix of the census. Awesome. Yeah, that's a lot of and, that's a lot of questions for 500 people to answer. Like, it must have taken him, well, obviously years to look through it. Yeah. And every contribution is anonymous. Any email or names or anything that got put in for some reason in the stories, he removed and anything he removed to like keep anonymity, he put three asterisks. So if you look at the fairy census yourself, if you find it somewhere and you see that, that just means that he is like redacted basically. But yeah, so that's the kind of gist and structure of the survey. Again, we'll put it in. The show notes, I, we won't put the whole PDF in the show notes. If you want, you can look it up yourself, download it, at least get some. I got it from a website called like academia.com or something. Give more traffic to his site and his page on there if you are interested. But now it's story time. We're going to start off with stories in England and Britain. So like including Scotland and Northern Ireland, things like that. And this is where the most of the stories that we're going to talk about today took place. There are some other locations that we'll, that we'll talk about, like New York State, of course. But then he also goes into stories from Europe and Australasia, which is like Australia, New Zealand, other areas there, and then the rest of the world. But we aren't discussing any of those today. Part two. So, I mean, yeah, we could do a part two of the first fairy census and then go to fairy census <laughs> too if we wanted to keep doing. We could milk it for years. We really could. We really could. Wednesday at the fairy census. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, Wednesday at the fairy census. Yep. 
So our first story, we're in England, no particular region. Very recent in 2010s. And we have a guy in his 40s. No, like mid 40s, late 40s, nothing like that. We just know he's in his 40s. And he claims to have regular supernatural experiences. But he's walking through a park where he lives and he begins hearing like singing. And it's a it's a sunny day in in a pretty busy park and but no one else seemed to notice any sounds of anyone singing. But he described it as sounding tortured. And he was darting his eyes left to right and he saw quote a group of fey beings is how he described it. Hmm. He said some were small and some were the size of a child and others were even as large as him like an adult. And they were just walking next to him in the park. They appeared as black silhouettes where some had wings and others didn't. As he got closer to the center of the town that he was walking to through the park, the singing faded, but he could still hear it for about an hour. So this lasted a pretty long time. And he further explains that some of the creatures were small females with wings And one was the size of a child, though the torso was, quote, twisted and appeared to be in pain. What? And then the others that I described as large human-sized beings, they had wings. And he says that they were most definitely fairy shapes. And that's his submission. It's just a bunch of cosplayers. (laughs) (laughs) wow what a weird i mean what a weird one to to start off with yeah obviously twisted and appeared to be in pain what what's going on there because normally when you think of fairies you know very joyous maybe mischievous but like typically you know good-hearted to an extent but then yeah you have this description yeah or beyond pain like when i think of Fey folk. I think of like creatures that don't even experience those sorts of human experiences like pain. But yeah, that's weird. That's what what a weird little detail to throw in at the end there. Yeah, I know, right? I don't know. So it yeah. seems seems odd. It seems like they're faking it. I think they're trying to trick the guy. They are very tricky and Seeing that he's very in tune with the supernatural, they must want something from him. Yeah, that is that's a good my, point. That's my take. I should know, like I said, he was like fully alone. No, and it was sunny out. This happened between 12 and 3 in the afternoon. And he heard the singing and saw these like black silhouettes near him. So it could have been like a they got into his mind sort of thing. But yeah, it's definitely very weird. The, the the torso being twisted is the weirdest thing here for me. So the black silhouette, so the experiencer didn't see detail? No. Is this fair to say? Aside from just that some beings had wings and others didn't. But then the detail of the, you know, being with the torso all messed up, it was the most detail he went into describing the actual like bodies of the beings. 
That's so interesting. I mean, I love little stories that I love stories that have little details that, you know, if you think about them, you could just pause it on the implications for for hours, right? Mm. Like wings, like how do wings work? Why don't all of the figures have wings? Why are there different sizes? Why is that one looking like it's in pain? Why is it only black silhouettes? How does the music work? How does the music fade? How do we change the color of their attire? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's so interesting. And like what, what triggers these experiences, right? Just walking through the park. Yeah. And then it doesn't even seem like there's like a, a, like a thing that happens. It just naturally happens. Well, again, he said that he regularly has supernatural experiences that might have something to do with it. That whole kind of like sensitive concept. But That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, he may yeah. have been the only one to notice them, like the only one who could notice them. Like they were there for a different reason, but yeah. only he could notice them. That's true. But now that brings us to our second story, where we're still in England, but now in the region of Birmingham. Now, I don't know where all of these regions are in England. We could throw up a map in the show notes where Sure. These, I I don't know if they're like counties or regions, but we can put that in in the show notes for you. And so we're looking at a woman in her 30s and we're in the 1990s. I will say, never, almost never has supernatural experiences, but she did say she had taken either alcohol, medicine or drugs. It wasn't, it wasn't said what she took, but she said that she had taken that. Probably maybe all three. At Maybe all time. three, yeah. Any combination. I would recommend it. But. <laughs> but she describes being at a picnic table watching uh, kids playing one sunny afternoon. She's just kind of near, she's also near water, so that, you know, the whole idea of water, but she's just watching some kids play. And she describes her mind as just wandering. She's feeling relaxed. And as she's just kind of, you know, daydreaming, probably. She looks up into a tree and sees what she, quote, knew to be an elf lying along a branch. (laughs) The elf shocked her, she says, because of his size. He was at least six feet tall. (laughs) Okay, what? So we're talking D&D elves, not... Santa's elf. Yeah, like this is Legolas up in a tree. Okay. But maybe not Legolas because she describes him as having being a dark color, not like having dark colored skin, but being a dark color. And she and she saw him laughing and she thinks he was just laughing at like the kids playing, but she also thought maybe he was laughing at her, but she thought the him laughing at the kids playing was more likely but then frank you'll like this as her mind started to actually focus on him just vanished so that idea that when you like you can't you can't actually go looking for things it'll just kind of happen in your peripheral or when you're not expecting something to happen so she's in this whatever kind of state of mind and when she actually starts to focus, he just is gone. 
Okay. Let's drill down to that because one, I thought this was this was similar to my gnome story where the gnome fell out of the the, the, the tree onto the <laughs> car hood. Right. Maybe it is pretty similar. But I have a question for you guys. So an elf lying in the tree. Maybe you have to be in a certain state of mind to see it. Do we think it's there physically? As in, right? She focuses on him, it disappears. If she threw an apple the next second, would it hit something or would it go through there? Do you know what I'm getting at? Like, yeah. What do you guys think? So you're trying to find the balance on the spectrum of physical and metaphysical. Yeah, like where, where do these things sit? I, is it something that's physical and we can't see? Or is it like not physical. I'll give my two cents here because some people talk about it in their in their like submissions for the census. And I think and I probably agree with this one the most. Like a lot of these things they they look like they're real. And like they're not like otherworldly in this sense. Like they look like they could be like on earth or from earth. So I think it is just kind of that they're just existing on a different dimension from us but what does that mean no you can't just say that you can't just say it because what does that mean it means that sometimes because we hear about stories and also specifically with the whole like being on medicine alcohol or drugs in this example depending on what that was that that alteration to your mind can make you kind of not really focus on the reality you're currently in but you'd like drift off into another one Especially, like, you know, the idea with, like, all the hallucinogenics and stuff and the experiences okay. people have there. Okay. But then, okay. Like, but then what happens when people aren't on drugs or medicine or alcohol or something? I think you can still, I mean, we hear about time slips all the time. I think you just kind of slip into it by accident. Because no one ever goes looking, the people that go looking for these things never have experiences like this. So I think it's just. You kind of wander your mind or you physically are wandering and you just kind of fall into it when you're not supposed to. Because a lot of the time things look just as surprised as you do. That's true. Yeah. A lot of so times like, they're like, wait, you can see me? Yeah. It's like you're not supposed to be there. So it's this kind of like accidental slip into a different version <sighs> yeah. of the earth. But how weird is it? Because you don't slip in typically... And you're in an entirely different world. You're in the same world, but you just see. Think like, of it. Think of it like if you had two <laughs> pieces of paper and, okay. and there's like a ladder connecting the two or like this kind of like wormholey thing, whatever. If we're on one piece of paper, sometimes you accidentally go up to the other piece of paper. But only in that particular little pocket in space. Yeah, in that like little pocket the tree in branch. Space. Yeah, in that little pocket in space for that very short duration. And then when you actually be like, oh, wait, this is weird, you get shunked back down. See, I would be more inclined <laughs> to believe that there are creatures on the top piece of paper that can control if they want to go to the bottom piece of paper. That that also works. I don't think it's an accident. I think these creatures, the supernatural beings, are coming from a higher state of existence. Um and manifesting themselves somehow in our reality physically you know, or not 
depending on what they decide or are able to do. The only counterpoint I have to that is like what I previously said. What about the creatures that are surprised when you see them? If they know they're coming down here and are letting themselves be seen, why be surprised that someone can see them? They're faking it. They're lying. Well, that's a good point. Counterpoint. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Perhaps these creatures are not all powerful and they make the mistake. Not yeah. us making a mistake slipping up. They're making a mistake slipping down. I think it could be that sometimes, you know, creatures or entities, whatever, want to show themselves to you. And other times they really, it is just kind of, sorry, <laughs> have a good day. Yeah. I do think like they, Definitely. they probably, Definitely. it probably is true that they have <clears throat> like, they're deciding to come down, but yeah, maybe they Sometimes they do it on purpose. Sometimes it is an accident. I think that I think that makes sense. Following up on that, Nick, do you think if there is another person, if there was a bystander, would they also see this, or do you think it's really tied to the individual and their perception? So there are experiences that I read through and just didn't put in here that you. Some people described like they're with a group of people, and either they were the only like they were with people but they were the only one that experienced it mm. or they were with people and other people experienced it oh or even just like two people too like someone is described like oh i'm with one other person and they shared the experience or i was with one other per- person and they did not so i think it depends because there are stories where some people did experience it as well as the submitter some people did not that they were with and that could that was true for group settings and just like duos what what are we supposed to do with that what are we supposed to do with that information that's crazy i mean it's it just avoids evades like any sort of categorization you know that's why he's trying to do this fairy census to see what's up yeah get the data but even like the data yeah it's it's just wild very it's it's so aloof so yeah, I mean, awesome, awesome it, anecdote. It's difficult to really say what's going on with because the problem is everyone's perception of things is different. Like we all see even just the real world is different. Like you may see green as green and I may see green as slightly darker green, you know, like or colorblind people can't see green at all. Or, you know what I'm trying to get at? Like people perceive things and see the world around them differently so these creatures may exist on different levels of like energy or whatever you may have um and we some people are just better at perceiving than others which is why you know it might be unexpected like if a higher energy being all of a sudden notices the lower energy being being noticed them they didn't expect that a lesser being could observe them because they hadn't no they hadn't happened to them before you know yeah. that's my yeah. take i think it i think it is last thing before we continue i think it is just tough to try and make sense of what isn't meant to make sense Oh, we'll make sense of it. 
Well, I don't next know if you can Wednesday make s- 9 p.m. <laughs> I don't think you can make sense of this next one. This is a very deep, dense story that's about to come up. <laughs> We're in England again in Buckinghamshire or Buckinghamshire. They might say, I don't know. Happened in the 2000s. We have a 50, you know, a woman in her 50s and she's just in the woods has regular supernatural experience as well. And this <laughs> oh, is her great. This is setting something up. This is her story. Dancing balls of light, beautiful around the trees. Is it? That's it. <laughs> so the only reason I wanted to put this in was I thought it was just funny. And there were a lot of stories of just people seeing like lights, not even like, Oh, in the light, they saw a fairy. It was just people seeing lights. And Man. that was it. <sighs> How could come on, lady, give us something more here. And yeah, that, Otherwise, that, we're just going to think it's lightning bugs. Yeah, that was all she submitted. Dancing balls of light, beautiful around the trees. That's very odd, too, because she's had so many experiences. You would think she would know how to articulate yeah, herself a little years. better than that. Yeah, I don't know. Unless so, she's just doing it for the club. That is so frustrating. So, man, I just wanted funny. to have that in as like a little, a little joke. But now we get into an actual, actual good one here. Banger. So we're in Cornwall in England. In the 1970s, the person who submitted this said she was in like 11 to 20. So, you know, teenager. She was about 13, actually. She's on a country road with her mom and her sister. They always go on holiday in Cornwall. and. Before, like the prior time they were there, they always joked about the little people who lived in the tin mines. Oh, yeah. And on their first day in Cornwall, they went on a walk. Beautiful, clear, sunny day. And they're walking down this grassy track, and there are wild hedges running along both sides of the path. And she went a little bit ahead of her mother and sister and feeling pretty, you know, she was excited because she had the week off from school. So, I'm, if you're a 13 year old, you're pretty stoked about not having to go to school. And as she continues, like a little bit before, uh, ahead of her family, she sees a gnome sitting by the side of the path that they're walking on. And she remembers feeling really scared and thinking, if she, like, am I going nuts? Like, what is this? I'm just seeing a gnome on the side of the, this path that I'm on. And she inched forward and saw his, quote, nut brown wizened face. He was grinning at her kind of like cheekily, like he knows what he's doing. So that kind of goes <laughs> to what Aaron is saying. Yeah. He was described as having a mossy brown beard and dark brown eyes. And he was wearing a brown peaked hat in a shiny jacket and trousers that were brown and ochre colored. And he was about 12 to 14 inches tall tiny yeah tiny for a gnome yeah and she was just she was bewildered by the whole thing she she couldn't look away to turn around and tell her family to go look because she's just like you know dumbfounded by this the gnome then cocks his head again kind of like cheekily like oh yeah (laughs) turns his back to her and transforms into an old tree stump what (laughs) after that she calls her mom over 
And she just had to like kind of be nonchalant and just say something nondescript as they walked past. And she described it like he was playing a joke on her and he was probably laughing about it as the tree stump. And she said that the being looked like it was real and of earth, but it was just like out of place. Do you know what this? Wow, that's great. I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. I'm going to tell that story. It was a really good one. I reading that, I was like, "What? He transformed into a tree stump? Nice." That's this makes me think of like the stories where it's like your dog turns and says to you, "No one will ever believe you." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's basically that, but the gnome version. Right? Yeah, like, like he like he knows that no one will ever knows. believe this story that she's yeah. about to say. And like, yeah, you could say like thirteen or whatever, but also it's like the seventies. People aren't like super hopped up on. Like fan, like no one's playing D and D all the time in the seventies. Like she's not, like having fairies in her head and gnomes. Maybe if she was was binge watching Snow White every day. Yeah, I guess. I, mean, I just love the description, like a very very earthy description. Yes, you know. That's. So I want to see this. I That's know I this is say. one of the supernatural stories that I want to happen to me. Yeah. So. Nick, were there any other like stumps or trees around that maybe were friends like daring this guy to do it? A like, huge feel. There's so, no way you will show yourself to this lady and then turn into a tree stump. So again, she only <laughs> describes like the path that she's on as having hedges running alongside. She doesn't talk about trees at all. Because okay. if I think when I think of a hedge, I think of the hedge and like over the hedge. You know, like a big, giant, tall bush. Yes. So the tree stump may have also kind of looked out of place, but also to just someone walking by on a trail. Like, oh, it's a tree stump. We're out in the woods. Makes sense. Yeah. But there was no description of any other trees around. Just the initial, there are hedges on either side of this, you know, grassy path that they're on. So this creature's friends were the hedges. Yes. Got it. (laughs) okay you cracked the code i like those theories aaron i'm going with that okay i'm gonna skip the next one because i think we'll save that for later oh we'll save the the these two oh god these are three really good ones you can cut this we'll skip down these are really good i'll skip down okay so we're gonna take a little trip north for a second to Scotland, specifically in Glasgow. Can you say it with an accent? Scotland. There we go. Perfect. So, <laughs> sorry. <clears throat> My accent was so good. <laughs> yeah, I'm just dumbfounded. Completely off guard. <laughs> yeah. So this next story is funny enough. This is a a, a male at the time. He's he's a like a little boy. He's seven years old here, but. I also did kind of notice most of the stories that were submitted were from females. Interesting. (laughs) Just from what I was reading, I obviously don't have the number, but it seemed like a lot of the Mm. really good ones at least were females. No comment. Hmm. But so this story, we have a little boy, he's seven years old and it's 1953. So he's in his house. Like this is in a home. 
And at the time he was sharing a room with his brother, but he just recently turned 18 and ended up leaving to join the military. So he had the room to himself. Now imagine, you know, you're a seven year old in the fifties and now you have your own room just elated. And he would go to sleep as normal, no issues. But one night he woke up after some amount of time, we're like 9 p.m. to midnight. On and a he Wednesday. Sees, on a Wednesday. And he sees a group of little people dancing on the floor at the head of his bed. Oh, no. And he re- cool. knows, like, like he remembers that he had a conversation with what he said looked like the leader of the group. But he can't remember because it's just been so much time since 1953. Like he, he just can't remember what he actually talked to this like leader about a likely story, but these experiences of the little people dancing on the floor went on for months, almost nightly, but eventually the occurrences of this became more sparse. And then they ultimately just kind of tapered off and stopped happening. And he describes the beings as like, three to four inches tall, so really small. What? And wearing clothes that were similar to he he at least uh, relates it to Robin Hood and his merry men. That's what they looked like they wore. But the leader, that this leader that he mentions had a short gold colored cloak over his shoulders, kind of distinguishing him from the rest. I, wow, I first this reminded me of the Henry Hudson tale of his crew, him and his crew running into the pygmies in the Catskills who are singing and dancing in circles and he converses with the leader of the group. But they weren't three to four inches tall. They were a few feet tall. Yeah. And these, this I, seemed pretty I, harmless. There was, they were just dancing and he talked with the leader. That was it. And then, harmless maybe, but creepy. Oh yeah. Very creepy. Because he's like seven. No, what? This would be creepy no matter what. You, Frank, you wake this up is going to happen to you tonight. Yeah, I, I called don't him a say favor. that. I'm, I'm creeping myself out already, and there's over nothing. Three <laughs> to four inch tall little creatures dancing. That, that looked like Robin Hood and his merry men. That sounds like a old person reference. So we'll have to look that up. Old. Like what movie? Think, think of Robin, Robin Hood. Hood. Think of Merry Men from like the Shrek movie, like the tights and the like the. You know, I'm sure dark, this guy's referring to some old 1960s movie of Robin Hood. We'll put so, it in the show notes. Well, yeah, we'll track it down. I also think this is an interesting one, and I liked this one because it was in a house. You're not in the woods, which is you know very typical fairy. This was in a house. So I think that's a really interesting. Uh, they didn't even ask to come in. True. Rude. Now, Frank and Aaron. Thanks. We're going to get into some New York stories. Oh, yeah. Before we head back over to Europe. New York, New York? or This is just the state of uh, New York. Uh, no uh, particular, uh, like I said. Dr. Young was very particular with like getting like removing very specific places. Like he would even say, imagine it's like you're in New York state. If this happened in like the Catskill mountains, he would have put the asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Yes. Really? 
he ca- he wanted to keep it as anonymous as possible, which, you know, respectable, I guess. We can assume these are all in the Catskills. Let's be real. It's where all the little people live. Well, one of these is actually, I think, in the city. Nope. Just kidding. I didn't put that one in. But anyway. Okay. What don't you think? You're like 18, 19. You're like co- just got it. Just college aged. It's the 1980s. You're on a golf course with your friends. You want to have a few beers. That's where we are. Funny enough, they never ended up drinking them. So no, no <laughs> mention, no alcohol here. They just wanted to drink it in the golf course. So we have this guy and his two friends wanting to drink some beers. Typical. But it starts like raining. Us. But it starts raining. So they went to this fort that apparently some kids built in the woods that were next to the golf course. And as they're walking there, they observe a creature walking towards them from the opposite end of the fairway. And this is at about nine at night. He said it was dark, but because of the rain and the mist, it was kind of like reflecting light from nearby homes and street lamps. So it wasn't like pitch black. And as they continued to approach each other, they were trying to, they were like trying to figure out what this thing was that was coming towards them. And he said it walked like a human, like it had a human gait, but it was way too short to be a human. They stopped walking towards each other and they were like three feet apart. And what they see is a little man that is 18 inches tall. The narrator here, he gets very close, maybe a foot from his face, and his other friend just blurts out, it's a little man. He goes and looks at his friend, and then turns to his other friend who says, it's a skunk. And then when he turned back to look at it, he saw a skunk run off the way that it came from, like the way they were headed. He describes that the man looked, again, kind of referencing, we had the Robin Hood and Merry Men. He says the, this little man looked like Samwise Gamgee (laughs) from Lord of the Rings. (laughs) And the reason for this, apparently he underwent a regression session to go back to this moment and got a better picture in his head of what he looked like. And... He also throws this in he, that he's he has a master's in psychology and is at the time of submitting this was working on getting his PhD. So it's like he is a highly educated person that submitted this experience. Where do we even start with this one? Yeah. I think the whole Two of them see it as a little man and one says it's a skunk is kind of weird. Apparently, they also would like for years just like joke. And when something weird happened, someone would just say it's a little man. That's fun. That's cool. Why don't we have something like two of them saw little Samwise Gamgee, but the other just saw a skunk. And when they looked back, a skunk was running away from them. It didn't spray, by the way. It just ran away. That's just like the tree trunk, though, right? Exactly. That's why I said shape-shifting gnomes in the beginning. Yeah. Wow. What to make of this? I mean, that's a pretty brave 
or foolhardy little man to like get that close to humans. It's not like he was snuck up on, right? No, he was just walking towards them. Okay. So this is another like trying to be like, hey, hey, no one's gonna ever believe you. Like, what is this? But Frank, is there really a lot of risk? If you can turn into a skunk, you can just run away. And nothing's gonna chase after you. Versus if you could turn into a tree trunk, yeah, they're just gonna sit around and point at you and maybe kick at you. Like <laughs> you gotta Yeah, that's true. He he knew what he was doing. This little man knew what he was doing. Then, so what are you saying he's doing? <laughs> what is he doing? His goals are beyond our understanding. <laughs> Clearly. But, but he was achieving them, whatever they may have been. <laughs> he had a plan. I, I mean, yeah. I, how cool is it that? I think maybe the idea that the third guy saw a skunk and then they also see a skunk. Maybe that kind of suggests the idea of like this per person, kind of what what state they're in or how focused they are or how susceptible they are to seeing these things. Like, you know, you, you could temporarily see beyond the veil. Yeah. Only temporarily. And if something shatters that concentration, if you will, you go back to seeing what they want you to see. But if you take this at face value, how many little people are all around us when we're just like outside? Yeah, like how like is that squirrel in the tree a squirrel or is it a gnome well we exactly we have no idea the limitations because they can turn into seemingly non-living things true tree they stump could, it could be a rock yeah it could be a building okay i don't know about a building it could be a whole island there's one big gnome <laughs> shape-shifting gnome earth <laughs> the earth is instead not of, flat it's a gnome it's instead of on the back of a huge like world turtle it's a huge gnome fat hat. Gnome. gnome hat oh a gnome you're right the, the earth is not flat it's not a sphere it's a it's cone, a cone. <laughs> that's a good thumbnail <laughs> gnome uh, hat universe that's good I have one more story for New York before we get into the juiciest ones that I got. So also pretty recent. I did appreciate that a lot of these were actually relatively recent. We're in the 2000s. Um, a girl and her roommate are handing out candy on Halloween night. So she's in her like 30s, her and her housemate, I guess not really roommate. And they're giving out candy and she eventually gets a headache. So she excuses herself and just wants to enjoy some fresh air in the backyard. She hears a rustling coming from the far corner of the yard. And it was dark, but there was a lamp over their back door that provided some light. So she went to go and investigate. And they don't really, she says that they don't really like upkeep that part of the uh, lawn. Nothing grew there. They never mowed it. It was just kind of like wildflowers and stuff like that. But when she goes over to look, she sees four to five little shadow figures that were about two feet tall. And I don't mean 2D shadows, 3D shadows. She says they were composed of utter darkness and darker than any shadow nearby. And she heard a gasp over her head and then she turned and looked up 
and saw more of the same kind of creatures in the trees and on the roof of the garage. And like I said, she was like, these are three dimensional. This isn't just some random shadow. So obviously she just runs back in the house. And after a few minutes, she comes back out. Nothing is there. That night, she left out some wine and food. And the next morning, everything was gone. And, you know, she wasn't sure if, the, if they were fairies or not. Or some other kind of thing. But she knew that they weren't human or some, like, trick. Like, her eyes weren't playing tricks on her because of the light. Since that day, uh, every Halloween night, she continues to leave out food for them. And the next morning, it's always gone. And she didn't tell her housemate about this, like this first instance, until the next day. So like November 1st. So what are the chances that the housemate is continuously doing this to keep up the magic? I don't know. We're also assuming that the offerings that get put out aren't taken by a person or another animal. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, do you think the roommate is taking it so that the the narrator is believing? Well, when she put out the wine and the food the first night and the next morning everything was gone, the roommate hadn't known about her prior experience. And also, when she says the food was gone, yeah, that doesn't mean... There were like crumbs left or wine drippings on the back porch. And she just said it was gone. Okay. Where did they put the bottle? Oh, true. Like if it was her roommate, she would have noticed like the wine go back inside or like an empty wine bottle. No, I mean the little shadow gnome oh. people. Where are they? Bag of holding. Where are they taking the bottle? Gotcha. Gotcha. Carry on. <laughs> I'm more concerned about them being three-dimensional. And why are they complete shadow? That's similar to the other one, other story or, or yeah, two you've told. The very first one where it's these like, like dark shadowy beings around this guy singing this like weird tortured singing. Guys, I got a theory. So Let's hear it. What dimension are we in? Like us as humans. Twelfth. Okay. I, what? Serious answers only. Okay, three. Three dimensions. What dimension what? is our shadow? Two. Okay. So perhaps if there's a 3D shadow. It's a 4D being. Mm-hmm. What the hell are you talking about? I think it's pretty cut and dry, Frank. They're fourth <laughs> dimensional beings. <laughs> what? They are the Tesseract, Frank. Didn't you watch Avengers? They're hypercubes? Yeah, exactly. And Frank, what is a 2D... What kind of shadow does a 2D object create? I don't... What do you... What does if it you hold mean? a piece of paper up and shine a light downward, what shape is the shadow? Well, technically a piece it's of paper is still three-dimensional. Still, but... still a square? You know what? No. No, like vertically up and down. Oh, okay. Okay, yes. If you hold the paper so that it's one dimensional, it's one dimensional. No, it gosh, Frank. 
What do you you're saying that there's a four dimensional space, a fourth dimension of space gnome that casts a three dimensional shadow puppet. Well, remember there were there were multiple of these. There were if if there were four to five in the corner and then more in the trees in the roof. I'm assuming there were probably at least ten, if not more. Just to be clear. how what how would the mechanics of this work? How it, would the mechanics it's of just this math, work? Frank? <laughs> you can't just <laughs> I like I'm not even kidding when I say that that's kind of how the fourth dimension is explained. You okay. Why is there what is casting a shadow? What is the source of like what the sun? What <laughs> I I am confused by your question. He's asking like you're confused by my question. <laughs> you're yeah. confusing Can you please me. Please explain it in you're... terms of paper. Okay, let me explain in terms of apple. If oh you God. threw an apple at them, would it hit or would it go through them? Well, that depends. Is the apple fourth dimensional? <laughs> Shut. No, it's three dimensional. Then yeah, we we'll probably give them a paper cut. <laughs> Well, think about it. 2D object paper, paper cut. That's a fact. (laughs) 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 Okay. Wait a minute. I just thought about it. I have heard zero competing theories, so. (laughs) I'm not trying to give a theory because I'm not trying to understand three dimensional shadow beings. Well, how would Apple give a paper cut? Because it's a fun story about Halloween night. Okay, this will be the last thing I say. I just want to get this, get, get this, you know, on the on the waves. So, and you're saying throwing an apple at these four dimensional shadow gnomes would give them a paper cut. Yep. Okay. And you All can right. quote me as saying that. You know, I thought about it, and uh, that makes sense. Carry okay. on there. All right. Now we have the three best stories for last. I think awesome. they're all great. Do we want to go back to Scotland? Do we want to go to Ireland for the first time? Or do we want to go back to England? I'll let you guys choose. Let's end with Ireland. Ireland. Oh, okay. Okay, end Ireland, with Ireland. No, end with okay. Ireland. End with Ireland? End yeah. with Ireland. Let's start okay. with England. Start with England? All right. Yeah. So we have a woman in her 40s. We're in the 2000s. And now... We're in a city. We're in a city. It's pretty unique. So she describes that she's just sitting on her stairs. She's on the telephone with her husband. And she's looking out the hall window across her front garden. There are no hedges there. And she's looking onto the second main route into town. So think about like real quick instead of going like route seven in detroit you're going like route two in the other way so it's like the other way to get there and then cut but then cutting through it's 10 30 at night but the visibility is good she says and she lives in a seaside town in oh sorry this is in devon again which is we will put a thing in the show notes showing where this region of england is But she's in this seaside town, but it's out of season for like 
tourists, so it's pretty quiet that night. And she says that it's also well lit with streetlights. Like, she does live in a city, so this makes sense. And as she's talking on the phone with her husband, she sees a tree man walk slowly down the road. She says the tree man took about two minutes to pass her and that she had enough time to actually mention and describe it to her husband on the phone. Okay, was I'm, a, I'm sorry. Yeah. Hang up on your husband, take a video. Just saying. Continue. That's a good point. Well, this is the 2000s. I don't know how early in the okay. 2000s. So she, like... I'll let it just, slide. Just having... The fact that she said telephone makes me think, you know, not a cell phone. Well, so how I'm sorry, quick pause. How would it not be a cell phone? Like she wasn't calling him on like a a landline, like a home phone. Was was she (laughs) wasn't she on the road? No, she's sitting on her stairs. Oh. Looking still, onto the road. Still, I don't know. So would the apple hit her if you threw yeah. it at her? <laughs> so I don't. I don't know that there would be a telephone outside. But continue. no, this totally a landline. It's with a really long wire that's no. curly. Guys, like your home phone that has a wireless <laughs> home phone is still a landline. Did they have those in the two thousands? We've had yeah. ours since then. <laughs> You were when you were a baby. No, the two thousands could also be two thousand five. It could be anywhere between two thousand and two thousand nine. And you were five. You remember having a wireless landline phone? Yes, because we've had the same like set of phones, or like we've upgraded, but they've been wireless. Nick, that's okay. a, that's a good cordless. That's a good point. I forgot about the existence of wireless non-cellular phones. They exist. <laughs> I. Yeah, Wait, I don't, I don't believe it. I think it's a fourth dimensional. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, so she's on her the phone with her husband. She and she's seeing this tree man walk down the road and she's explaining it to her husband. She describes it as being seven feet tall, slim, and she could clearly see a trunk like body from the waist up. It had branch-like arms and a haggard face with short branches coming from the top and sides of its head. But they didn't like taper off like twigs do. And she said the way it walked was very measured. It took one step and then it had to like make an effort to pull itself forward. And it was constantly it was like it was leaning forward the whole time. It passed her field of vision, and when she stood up to look down the road the place next door their hedge blocked her view so she couldn't see it anymore she saw an ant yeah so that's our march of the ants she literally saw an ant i mean seven feet tall looked like a tree Walked like a tree, however trees walk. You know what this just proves, Nick? This just proves that Lord Tol- of the Rings... Tolkien was right. <laughs> Tolkien was right. It's actually a documentary. It's actually historical accounts. It's your... Actually, the it's England. It's He vehemently 
denied that it was a separate world. And to his death, he said it was True prehistorical yep. England. Here's yep. proof. He's right. The ends are real. Aaron, I'm convinced. Aaron, what do you think about our ent friend? I don't know. I think I'm all out of crazy theories for the night, so I'm just <laughs> going to take it at face value, and it was a walking tree man. You know what? That's how I took it, too, because I was like, why, why would you lie about a giant tree walking through your town? <laughs> that one's pretty insane. But also, what is it doing walking, through, walking down a road? Going to attack Isengard, I guess. I'm probably it's gonna need more than itself though. Just more remember all the ends like came one by one to march down to Isengard. Spoilers if you haven't seen Lord of the Rings at Two Towers, by the way. Okay. Spoiler alert doesn't count because it's been out for how many years now? Twenty. <laughs> exactly. Okay, the books have been out. Come on. True. It's like the sixties. True. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so I really like that one. I was like I read that. I was like, there's no way that this woman just said she saw an end. Yeah, this is, this is wild. This is either like, yeah. All right. Yeah. Now we'll. What is it doing? I, I don't, just know. don't know. What, what is it doing know. in the road? You That's know, so, maybe you know? the beings in the next story would know in Scotland. Oh, interesting. What a segue. In Aberdeenshire. Aberdeenshire, however. Okay. I think you're just making these up, Nick. Honestly, right? Some region of Scotland. Don't look at me. Sure. So, again, in the 2000s, and we have a woman in her 30s, again, inside a home. Which I, I like the inside the home ones, and you guys will love this one, too. She describes having a pixie who frequently visits her to help her, quote, keep house. Uh, Okay. She also telepathically communicates with a hobgoblin named (laughs) Grobrart, (laughs) who was a cousin of her friend's brownie called Snodgrass. (laughs) (laughs) Are we all clear on the names? Yep. Yes. And according <clears throat> Sorry, I got I didn't I should have actually read this ahead of time. <laughs> according to her pixie, telepathically, I might add, fairies would gather around the local river. Okay. And the reason why they did that was because they were incarnations of Atlanteans. There's more. Ah. <laughs> There's more. She says she went through a bereavement, which I had to look up. It's like when someone dies. You had to yeah. look that up? I don't know what bereavement what are, I thought you were studying Latin so you could learn all the words. G- I gotta do GRE first. I don't think it'll help. Anyway. <laughs> after that, she struggled with her spirituality and the pixie ended up disappearing. But luckily for her, Snodgrass has stayed around and helped <laughs> clean her messy house. And she says that, remember, Snodgrass is a brownie. She says that he had plain clothes, a hat, and always carried a broomstick. And she believes that all these fairy uh, beings are elemental spirits. 
so is that like Dobby? I, I really don't remember the Harry Potter movies very well, but like a, that, a house, house elf, elf and a brownie are kind of the same, but the brownie's is treated better because it gets food. What? Dobby doesn't get food? Probably. Well, not when he's under the Malfoys. Probably not. Very little. Dobby's under the... Man, I gotta, I gotta rewatch those movies. Uh, well, this is great. So, yeah, this there was great. a pixie, a hobgoblin named Grobrout. It's G-R-O-B-W-A-R-T. Grobrout. 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 And he was Snodgrass. a cousin of the brownie Snodgrass. I love how it's cousin and not sibling or like, <laughs> like there's a whole family tree. Of Where's the rest creatures. of the family? Do I don't the know. Rest of their, do the rest of the human family members have like, do you have families of Snodgrass's kin that are each assigned to different family members of this, uh, this person's family? That'd be uh, cool. Maybe, but well, Snodgrass was <laughs> her friend's brownie, so I don't know why Snodgrass helped her. Maybe because Grobort was her cousin, or his cousin. <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I I don't believe this story. There's one detail that gives it away. What is it? They're the reincarnations of Atlanteans. Yes, and that's why they hang around rivers. Yes. Now, Acor- according to the pixie who told her telepathically. <laughs> so here's here's where I find fault. The Atlanteans, if real, were somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, correct? Frank? Uh, or- there are debates about that. Why? Continue what okay. you're saying now. So let me <laughs> generalize. It was in some body of water, presumably salt water. Why yeah, would it make any yeah. sense for them to <laughs> hang around a freshwater river? I don't I know. Mean, why is there are, why are there hobgoblins like, and brownies talking like, that are related? These shadow figures. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking makes about? Makes complete sense. <laughs> Everything else makes complete sense, but that detail, she's trying to add credibility to her story that's not there. I don't. Buy uh, you don't one. take you don't issue think- with the telepathic pixie discussion or that i'm okay with that or the hobgoblin brownie family tree but i'm see i'm okay with all that but this detail it it loses credibility for her and i don't i think she's making it up well (laughs) what i mean what else could be said maybe So now we'll get into our final story in Ireland. Is this one going to be more credible than the last one? This is going to, you're going to love this one. So this is, so how, also how Dr. Young put this in, it was co.mayo. So I'm assuming it's like county mayo, but because it's Ireland, that might not be how that's pronounced at all. Mayonnaise? No, it's just. Maybe short for mayonnaise? Yeah, probably. Yeah. County mayonnaise. Anyway, we have a woman in her 30s in the 2010s. So this could be anywhere between 2010 and 2017 in this case, because that's when the census ended. And she says she sees a group of six. And I looked this up. I think it's pronounced she. 
S-I-D-H-E. I don't think it's like Sidhe because it's like old Gaelic Irish. So I think it's interesting. Like she. Okay. Don't quote me on that. We'll just call Link them the a group of six creatures or beings for now. But two were female and four were male. And they're just walking through an open field along a footpath toward her. Now remember, these are like she or Sid he are I think it's she. I think it's she too. Are like actual like Irish folkloric elves. And she says she sees a group of six of them walking towards her. Apparently, this was not her first contact with them, so she wasn't afraid of them. They uh, they exchanged greetings in Irish, so or maybe it's Gaelic. I don't know if Irish and Gaelic are separate. And they went their own ways after they talked a little bit. The last she turned to her and asked if she was someone's granddaughter, but that someone is apparently one of them. What is a she? Well, okay. She said she was this person's granddaughter, and the she smiled and said she should visit anytime. I know it's like confusing the she and she. <laughs> That's but okay. I think, yeah, that makes sense. The last elf turned to the narrator and and asked her if she was someone's daughter, granddaughter. Our narrator said yes, and the elf smiled and said she should visit sometime. Anyway, our narrator describes that her and her family have apparently had many contacts with these she, quote, of which some have resulted in children. Huh? She are described as tall, slim, with very light skin and without blemish. They have red to strawberry blonde hair. <laughs> and, this is, and this is the quote that ends this story. All of the half fairy slash half human people in my family look the same and age very, very slowly. What? Yep. What what a line to end on? What a story to end on. So the implication here, if she's someone's granddaughter and that someone is a she, then <laughs> our the narrator is half fairy, half human. Oh yeah, or at least some kind of fairy blood is in is this, her. Like, is this saying that all like gingers are not human? Confirmed. I don't think we can say that. Yeah, I don't know about that one. They're but, only half human. But isn't that crazy? We, the, her and her family have had contacts with them, and some of which have resulted in children. Yeah. Okay. I, how how could they not? I, Give more explanation than that. That is ridiculous. How could someone type that out or write that out and be like, I'm going to submit this as is. I'm not going to give more details. No one else. No, they're not going to have any follow up questions. This, this doesn't raise 10 million more questions than answers. This is what I'll say about like the other details that are submitted in the survey. So like I said, she it's a female 2010s. She's in her 30s. Happened in just an open like land because it was just on a path. She was alone. It was between nine o'clock and midnight. 
It lasted for 10 minutes to an hour, and she reports having occasional supernatural experiences as if she's not part fairy. I don't know. If if you take this and you believe her, it is crazy. It is that's insane. We'll link the the Wikipedia page on these guys because I'm skimming through. It's pretty wild. Wow. So how how would that even be if they they think some of their ancestors are she she's yes then they just. Do they live with them? Do they like become human? Like, do they? Well, like she said, live human lives. All all of the half fairy, half human people in her family look the same, and they age very, very slowly. Yeah, but are they missing? If you're, if you, if if your grandma was a she, did your grandma? Did you never know your grandma, or did your is your grandma a a fairy that? The, sh- a human. the she who, do, you know, do you know what I'm getting at? Yeah, I'll say this. The she who talks to her at the end says she should go visit them sometime. <laughs> so maybe they do and she just hasn't in a while. Oh, so like maybe they, they, they leave their fairy folk to mate with human folk. Yeah, but then eventually the fairy folk go back and then the hybrids. So is this like the Amish? <laughs> Yeah, it's like the Amish, but they're fairies what? instead of inbred. <laughs> what? Did you what? call Amish people inbred? No, they can't hear it, so. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. You can totally roast Amish people on the podcast. Sorry, I, I went into stereotypes about Amish people. My bad. Um, I'll, I'll just but, go into stereotypes about fairy human hybrids next time. Okay, that's well, I mean, totally fine. Stereotypes right. about gingers. It's literally saying that they are a separate race. Well, strawberry blonde <laughs> is not necessarily ginger. Okay, I like, guess. You can have red hair and not... Like, doesn't ginger mean red hair and freckles? Can people have red hair know, and no it? freckles? I, I, I don't know. Link in, the, link in the show notes for gingers. <laughs> well, redhead, redheaded people then. Yeah. Red hair means you're an elf. half elf, if not full elf. Perhaps, perhaps. But if you're if you're confirmed, if you have light, if you don't have light skin without blemish, then maybe not. And if you're a black shadow, then you're four dimensional. Yes. So, um, one thing I would like to say is: Doesn't Lindsay Lohan have red hair but no freckles, like from Mean Girls? Doesn't hmm. like I don't know. I, I don't watch that movie one time. Yeah, I don't believe she I should dyed know her this. Hair, Sarah would kill me, but um, I'm fairly certain she has. Yeah, like, I don't think she... strawberry colored hair. Like it, it's not like classic ginger hair of like being almost orange. I think she does have. Oh, like that's what I would consider to be strawberry blonde, right? Is that what you said, Nick? Yes. I think she might have freckles. It's hard to tell. In any case, (laughs) that's the final story for the night. There are plenty of others that I'm sure we could, you know, look back on and do another episode of. There's also, you know, the second fairy census that just came out with that will have even more recent things like potentially. Some experiences from 2020 to 2023. There might be some 
like COVID. new decade experience. He has some COVID, COVID experiences, fairies. COVID fairies. But, <laughs> they have long COVID. They can't really move. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I got for you guys tonight. I hope you enjoyed the fairy census stories as much as I did reading them. Oh, I did. These are fantastic. These, I, these are great. These are great. I, yeah. I really did. It was a lot of, I, I looked at that PDF for several hours. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a bunch of and, and still sev- hidden gems. Yeah, let me just say several hours of just US and England and Britain. I didn't even yeah. look at the rest of Europe. I didn't look at Australia. I didn't look at like the other sections like South America and South Africa. So there's a whole other like probably dozens and dozens of gems out there. And like I said, the second fairy census also probably has a lot of good stories as well. One of us, if not you, Nick, should definitely do some follow-ups with more stories because these are great. I mean, because they're also different too, right? It's not just stories of the same types of creatures. I mean, almost every single story here had either variations or completely different descriptions. I've never heard the tree the man one was completely out of left field. I've never heard yeah. that in anything I've listened to. I've never heard of someone actually seeing like an end. I, I don't know. I think it just, regardless of what any, any of this means, it's so whimsical. You know, it's very, very fun and whimsical. It makes you feel like, you know, the world is uh, actually pretty whimsical, very interesting curious place yeah yeah i will say there are some instances where there are some bad things with fey folk and stories of that these were all at least all these i guess aside from that first one nothing really bad happened nobody's name got stolen nobody some things are in in for an instant uh, sorry some things for instance are actually like good the whole seeing the you know these elf creatures that apparently you're related to <laughs> nothing bad happened there you just talked to them and it's like oh yeah you should come visit your grandma sometime she's been wanting to see you it's been 600 years <laughs> she hasn't aged a day <laughs> crazy stuff crazy stuff well I hope the Atlantean reincarnated fey folk yeah with Grobor and Snodgrass shout yeah, out they're not yeah, real I hope they <laughs> I, I love how it. that's that's what Aaron that's takes what issue I, with. That's where I draw the line. That's where that's where in in the grass in the snodgrass. Yeah, in the snodgrass. Hey, fair enough. Fair enough. Awesome um, stories, Nick. Yeah, I do have one uh, final question. I guess as a hypothetical. So, um, I think we're all in, in agreement that these gnome creatures can sh- kind of shapeshift into other objects per se. Um, do you think it's possible that A, these creatures could turn into Bigfoot or oh. vice versa, that Bigfoot could turn into a different thing? Or B, do you think he could turn into a cow on a ladder? <laughs> so, no to both. Maybe the second one and it can be a cow. So Probably, maybe it could be right? on a ladder actually, but... Like in a like in an all serious like answer to that, um, I think because you know how you said oh they turned into like a tree that's not like a yeah 
creature. I think maybe it can just be it's just natural. Could be things like like a tree is still like, like a living organic. Yeah, like something organic, I think, is a good way of putting it. What they can turn into, which technically would be a cow. Bigfoot, he's not organic. We know well, that. Okay. Counterpoint, wooden ladder. Maybe it has Damn. to, like, but a wooden ladder is like, it's parts of a tree that has been, like, taken down. Like, the tree stump, yes, it was taken down, but as a, it is at least still, like, a naturally occurring thing. A ladder isn't naturally occurring. Sure. Okay. Frank, is there a gnome in your room? I swear this entire episode, I've just been hearing, like, clicks and taps from my room. Check I'm not even kidding. your bedside and see if there's a group of small men dancing. And talk to the leader and remember what he says this time. This time I'll remember. I'll report back. That's all for tonight. Remember to leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you tune in if you enjoyed the show. Or submit feedback at Wednesday at 9pm.com slash 22. That's Wednesday at 9pm.com spelled out with no numbers. You'll find the write-up images and references and as well a you also find the episodes right up images and any locations listed there if you want to dig deeper and we encourage you to do so and remember leave something out for the brownies tonight and we'll see you next next wednesday at 9 p.m <laughs>